1: From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon. It's good to have you here with us. It is the 13th of July, a Monday. Scuddy, how was your day?
0: It was a great start to the week. Uh, Market had a a pretty solid start as well, all things considered. Uh, Some big uh, big gains on Wall Street on Friday evening, that's, uh, that's flowed through to positive sediment on the local market.
1: It sure did. We saw the S&P ASX 200 up by about 1%, um, similar gains being made on the ChiX x 200. We saw, yeah, really strong performance coming through from the banks, all of which were up anywhere between one5 and 2.3% in the case of CBA. We saw a lot of strength in the big miners. That includes Fortescue, who was up by 3.7%, fresh record high. Iron ore prices looking good.
0: Yeah, iron ore futures in China were going nuts when I last looked. Uh, so they were sitting at record highs for this particular contract. So not surprising to go uh, and see the moves in, uh, in iron ore miners in particular. I, I do find the move in the banks pretty curious, though. We've seen a lot of uh, concern about a potential uh, double dip recession here in Australia. increase a little bit recently. Uh, we saw some big strength in the banks, in US banks on Friday evening. So I just wonder whether there's a bit of, you know, marketers preempting some really low estimates from, uh, from analysts when it comes to bank earnings. And maybe there's a bit of front running going on legitimately uh, ahead of, uh, of these reports that we see from the U.S. later this week.
1: Yeah, we get uh, U.S. quarterly reports coming through in a big way from the banks this week. We spoke with Brett Lemesere. He is the banking analyst at Shaw and Partners. We talked to him in detail about the bank's Um, Obviously, it's only CBA that we get in this upcoming reporting season cycle. Uh, But we talked a lot about dividends and uh, he gave us a very clear outlook on where he expects dividends to be right through to 2021 if you'd like to listen to that interview you can access that by um via the show notes but yeah very strong day for the banks very strong day for the miners we saw lots of buying in the a it's a bit of a shift as julie lee was talking to us you know into some of those more cyclical names into some of those more defensive names uh we saw some selling in APT after pay, uh, but still, you know, buy now, pay later. We've got Zip being one of the better performance and Sezzle still going well as well.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, the MoMo trade is still strong, although a bit of profit taking some of those names today. Uh, nothing's changed from my perspective. I don't pretend to go and be an expert in, uh, in trying to go and value these things, but certainly from a macroeconomic perspective, I'm still not sure that whether the, uh, the true economic risks associated with elevated youth unemployment potentially for years has been factored into the share prices.
1: So we um, obviously it's a watching <laughs> brief when it comes to that buy now, pay later trade here in Australia. We are also keeping a really close eye on the telco space, TPG and Vodafone. That new merged entity is a reality. And we spoke with the TPG CP, uh, CEO, I should say, about that merger that will allow it to aggressively compete with Telstra and Optus. Telstra has been on quite a run. As of late, look, the merged entity didn't make a huge splash on the share market today. But we did, again, get a lot of details about where they see growth coming from. And that interview you can access via the show notes.
0: More competition, the better. I think Telstra raised their, um, their, their mobile phone primes for uh, for some of the post, postpaid. Did they? Uh, yes, I think that, that was helping a tailwind for, uh, for that stock. Uh, A couple of weeks back.
1: Yeah, so um, more competition, really good for consumers, we should say. Um, But that all, all of that conversation just ignored the elephant in the room, didn't it? Which is COVID. COVID, not just in Victoria, not just with the Melbourne lockdown, but we're now getting more concerning details, you've got to say, coming out from some of these localized outbreaks in New South Wales. Um, Not only are the cases rising around that uh, outbreak at a pub in the southwest of Sydney, but we also had uh, the Star Entertainment Group confirming that one of the patrons that was in the casino on July fourth has tested positive to COVID.
0: Yes, the uh, the Crossroads Hotel. Maybe Crossroads in more ways than one when it comes to our economic fortunes, from the uh, and the health fortunes, perhaps from uh, from the coronavirus. Obviously, it's concerning about you know, We know that uh, you know there's likely uh, probably going to be more cases here in New South Wales. We're not yet under subject to uh, to lockdown like we seen them in Melbourne uh, CBD. Uh, but obviously, uh, when you go and look at where Melbourne was sitting only a couple of weeks back to where they are now and what we're seeing here in New South Wales, you can see why some people are starting to go a little get a little bit twitchy about the potential for a similar outcome. Hopefully we don't go down that path, but clearly it's a growing risk at this point.
1: So Star was down by 1%. Estia Health also confirming that there is COVID in one of their centres, which is really sad not good when uh, COVID makes it into aged care. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a reality of where we're at right now. STO was down by 3%.
0: Yeah, obviously, you can understand why those companies have been impacted from you know, people associate the names with what's going on. But I also wonder, like, you think about from a broader perspective, and obviously, this doesn't apply in the United States, because there's been no, uh, no real correlation whatsoever between Coronavirus cases and the equity market performance. But investors, are they're willing to go and sell down companies that are individually impacted by COVID-19, but they're not doing it for the broader sector, the broader market. Mm-hmm. I find that a really interesting mindset you know, to go and tell you there's obviously a lot of money still sloshing around, but it makes you wonder if it's going to impact one, one company, then why not many that are exposed to the broader economy and the impacts from COVID?
1: Thanks. Case in point today. Um, we've got a big week got to be said, we've got a big day tomorrow. We've got that NAB Business Confidence Survey. Lots of people love this report because, you know, it's survey results from 350 businesses. So we get how they're feeling, how they're looking, what they're anticipating, and we also get a read on employment. Is that where you're going to look, Scotty?
0: Yeah, I actually think that it's unusual for for the Australian Labor Force uh, monthly survey to be surpassed by other releases, but I honestly believe a lot of the information we'll get in the days beforehand will be far more informative uh, to what's going on there so uh, we've got the the employment index sub index in the nab survey we have unemployment expectations in the westpac consumer confidence survey released on wednesday that obviously has a very close uh correlation with what happens with unemployment rate here in australia Uh, we also have the weekly abs payrolls and wages data released released fortnightly uh, and that gives you some insight as to what's going to be happening at the end of June, whereas the monthly uh, you know, jobs report that will come out on, on Thursday will be concentrated on the first half of the month. Now, it's not that long ago, but in 2019 COVID world, it's ancient history.
1: 2020 COVID world. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: it's, it's completely, uh, no, it's it's not redundant, but it's just going to give you a snapshot of how it was performing before anything to do with Melbourne lockdowns was uh, was put in place. Not only
1: that, but we were just chatting with Janet Chen from St. George It's really difficult. Now, I know like weather forecasters say, but it's very difficult for them to get, you know, these consensus estimates going right now. There's just such a wide range. There's so many factors that are going into it. Job keeper, job seeker, all of the tweaks that are having to be made to these forecasts. So it does make it a little bit of an unknown as well. So we've got lots of color to come through on the Australian economy this week. We're really looking forward to getting that. It's just so crucial for everything that's to come. It's crucial for the government's policy plans. It's crucial for, you know, as we move toward next Thursday when we hear from Josh Frydenberg. Uh, But again, it comes down to the the health impacts primarily. So, you know, we here at AusBiz are really hoping that, boy, we can avoid a lockdown in in New South Wales Sydney. Absolutely. um, Even in parts of Sydney. No,
0: the the longer these disruptions take place, uh, the greater the chances that we'll see some extremely bad economic outcomes uh that's not even excluding what i know the the health side of things but you cannot go and see that yes you can put uh no the economy on life support for a prolonged period of time but the longer it goes on and the the less that you back to normal occurs um i do question the ability for businesses in particular that were already marginal uh, before this happened to go and sustain beyond this uh, another another period of extended lockdown.
1: And consumers' consumer confidence wasn't bitten twice shy. Correct. um, Yeah, it takes a lot to to get that confidence back once it's gone. Okay, so the proof will be in some of the pudding this week. Let's get back to equities. Stock of the day was technology one. It was the worst performer on the 200. It was down by 6.6%. It's been accused by GMT Research of fiddling with its books to try to bring forward revenue and profit to disguise a slowing of business activity. T&E has come out and said oh, that's rubbish, it sticks by its guidance. We spoke with two of our expert guests today on the call. Uh, let's hear from John Milroy from Ordmanet to start.
0: For us, it's a, it's a lighten, it's about a, a $9 price target, is about $7.30, so well above where, right. where it is today. Certainly, unusually in this space, it actually makes uh, makes a profit, but does yeah. trade at very high multiples. So it's really a valuation yeah. reason for us, yeah. why we're a bit cautious on it, more more so
1: than the GMT concerns have been raised right. today. So so this is one of the one. highest quality companies we've got listed in the mm-hmm. market and some of the most trustworthy management. They've got a phenomenally uh, robust history of steady earnings growth. Never been a hint of scandal about them. Yep. We talked about the company oh, about a month ago. Yep. And uh, I think I said at the time that I love the company and hate the share price. Yep. <laughs> now, now, when it's really expensive like that, I yeah. wouldn't. But I get yeah. why people might want to short it. Right. To then go to the next step and write a report which is damaging to the share price mm. um, is remains to be seen whether it's accurate. I would doubt it myself. Right but from the point of view of a long-standing shareholder who loves the company, who'd love to buy more, yeah. but can't get his head around the price at the moment, yeah. bring it on, write all the reports you want, get right. the share price down, yeah. Yeah. and um, I'll, lo- I'll fill my boat. And that was James Rosenberg from ELNC Value, finishing those thoughts on Technology One ticker code TNE, which was the stock of the day. Speaking of guests, great guests. We've got a whole lineup for you tomorrow. Um, one that I'm looking forward to speaking with Scotty is Bob Sohota. He is CIO of Revolution Asset Management. I know you'll like this one. He's um, talking private debt. So he's a 26 year veteran of fixed income annuities and capital raising. So that's at 11:10 a.m. We've got Sam Jockel. He's founder and CEO of Parent TV on Startup Daily. And uh, we'll also be chatting with Michael Tan co-founder of Elenta. He'll be talking about Elenta and how it can help change a business in just a few easy steps. Hmm, wonder what that's about. All right, there we go. <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow. That is the COB for today. Scotty, um, looking forward to seeing you, looking forward to doing it all again.
0: Yep, we've got a massive jam-packed day ahead, so uh, bright and early, we're about ready to go, so hope to go have you
1: all join us then.